in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hey, everybody! Hello. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, this is episode one hundred and nine of the Two White Chicks in China podcast. We've got a good episode in store for you today. What are you talking about? Every episode is a good one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Before we start, I want to just say thank you to everyone who has left us a review. We really appreciate just leaving, even just stars, even if you don't leave us any feedback, because it really helps us、uh, in iTunes. It helps other people find us. Basically, apparently that's how iTunes algorithm. Works. It's a、uh, review heavy. So if you haven't done so, please do that. Take a minute of your time and do that. It would be really awesome and、yeah. would help us continue making the show better and help us stretch our very limited marketing budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.、Uh, on that note, actually, if you would like to support us even further,、um, you can do so at Patreon.com, and we are on Patreon at Two White Chicks. But just listening is is good enough for us. That's right. So Holly, do you want to hear a little fact about China? Yeah, please. Okay. Well, when we think about China in general, we imagine these just like mega cities and tons of people and、mm. urban, urban, urban. So I wanted to take a minute today to talk about the Gobi Desert. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So the Gobi Desert is situated in northwest China and also a little bit in Mongolia too. And it's just this vast, sandy. Well, not all of it has sand, but it's. You imagine the pictures of the Silk Road and the people riding、mm, the camels along、yeah. the Silk Road, and because a lot of the a lot of that took place in the Gobi Desert. In fact, I think it was five or six. Several of the important cities along the Silk Road are located in the Gobi Desert. So we don't think about these like vast, empty spaces when we think about China.、No. It's a big country, and it's got a lot of surprising wildlife and land. Landscapes that you might not expect from a place that's so populated.、Mm. Yeah, so I just wanted to talk about it a little bit today. It's super, super cold desert. So it's called a rain shadow. So basically, the、rain、mountains,、shadow. yeah, block the rain from coming oh, over. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So you end up with this just like super dry landscape. So it gets like seven inches of rain per year,、mm. which is very little rain. But even with this. Extreme climate, and in fact, the temperatures are really extreme too. It goes from negative twenty-seven or negative thirty-two degrees Celsius, so that's negative twenty-seven in Fahrenheit, up to thirty-seven degrees Celsius, and that's ninety-nine degrees Fahrenheit. So you have this massive range of temperatures. Even with that, they have some wildlife that you might not expect. So they have something which is called a marbled polecat.、Oh. Yeah, which if you、nice. haven't heard of that or seen that before, I recommend you Google it because he's it kind、cute? of a cute little critter. Yeah, he kind of looks like a ferret, but he's kind of fancier. His coat is very fancy. <laughs> yep, and just offended all ferret people out there. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's like a a ferret wearing a Halloween costume, and then we've got the black-tailed gazelle. So like, I would never、oh, think about gazelle, a gazelle、huh? living in China, no, right? Me neither. Seem like too posh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no!、Yeah. Wait, aren't there lots? We've now got more middle-class people in China now, so that's where they've come from. Aha!、Uh-huh. Those gazelles. They've just They're migrated up. Gazelles are posh, don't you think? Following the second class, the middle class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's really cool. I would, I would、um, recommend if you've never looked at images of the Gobi Desert to check it out and just realize how 
alien of a landscape it is compared to the rest of China. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also in, kind of endangering China's grasslands. It's oh. eating China's grasslands. In fact, there's a crazy... The desert is eating China's grasslands. Yeah, I got this quote from Wikipedia that says, The expansion is particularly rapid on the southern edge in China, which has seen... 3,600 kilometers square of grassland taken over every year by the Gobi Desert, which is just massive. Wow. It's just expanding at an alarming rate. So China's doing... It's kind of creepy. Yeah, super, super creepy. It's like eating yeah, everything. Yeah. So it's basically like it. all the sand is coming in and covering all yeah. of the fertile soil and destroying it. So China is building Build the wall. Green Wall of China. <laughs> really? The Green Wall really? of China, yeah, which is oh. like a big forested boundary that's trying to trying to protect yeah. the good and fertile farmland. Yeah. And then wanna... in a thousand years, there'll be people stealing the grass from the wall. Probably. To do something with. <laughs> yeah, writing graffiti on some yeah. of the trees. <laughs> it's a circle of life, people. Weighing on it. Yeah, <laughs> around it, whatever. Anyway, check That's it amazing. out. It's pretty cool, and it's it's been a big part of history when you think about the Silk Road. So it's something to hopefully pique your interest in that area of China, because that's one of those places that people don't really talk about much when they talk about China. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> moving on from that, uh, my news article this week is uh, smuggler caught with entire ant colony in luggage to make wine. Uh, yeah, so this was a Chinese national uh, who arrived in Chengdu's airport who went through the nothing... This this whole article just focuses on the fact that he went through the nothing to declare lane. <laughs> this is a really big deal. So yeah, he went through the wrong lane on Sunday. Customs officers at the x-ray scanner happened to notice some sort of unusual clump in his luggage. <laughs> a clump. <laughs> Opening it up, they were stunned to find a large, living ant colony, something that does seem like it needs declaring. <laughs> Turns out the ant colony weighing 4.4 kg, that's you know, a big part of your allowance if you only got like 23 kilos, and home to hundreds of ants, uh, was going to be key ingredients in a type of medicinal wine that the smuggler was planning to make. Uh, so this article oh. came from the Shanghaiist, and this must be the whoever wrote the article says we have no clue what sort of healing properties ants and dirt have. Anyway, we have no need for such elixirs, being already fully stocked up on cockroach cream and owl wine. Ooh. I, I right, so I, I've pretty much I've read the whole article. It's a very short one, and this is the one time I would suggest not go. Or if you go to this article, don't scroll to the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you just got me really yeah. curious. Yeah. So I was I luckily I saw this on a very I saw this on my phone because I saw this on my WeChat subscriptions instead of going to the site. But then I opened it up and unfortunately there are owls in jars. Oh. For wine, it's it's Aww. not very nice. So I don't I don't suggest you do that. But the cockroach cream was something that happened recently where uh, an oh, an elderly couple were trying to board a uh, I think they were trying to board a flight. And someone stopped them with this, like, t they had, like, a tub of something and they opened it up and this cockroach jumps out. Oh, <laughs> and it turns out the lady has some sort of skin condition and they put the cockroaches in the cream and then she rubs the cockroach cream on herself. Live? Yeah. Like they put live cockroaches in yeah. the cream. Yeah. 200 cockroaches she had. <sighs> they wouldn't let them take them on the flight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I just read an article about a woman in Spain dying from um, bee acupuncture. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, actually, that was when I saw that. I was like, hmm, do I change this out? Yeah. Speaking but, um, of insects yeah. and their medicinal properties, take care, everybody. Use your brain. 
Yep. Yes. Okay. Uh, so our question today comes from Melissa, and Melissa left this question on Facebook, and she says. My question to you both is if you have any recommendations for food and restaurants for someone traveling to China who is deathly allergic to shellfish and nuts and doesn't speak Chinese. Um, there's a bit I'm redacting <laughs> and made a list of his allergies with pictures to hopefully use in communicating his allergies. Anything else you'd recommend? Thank you. Well, well, well. I'll, I'll tell you my initial response and I said this to Nara earlier. Just don't, you can't go to China. Like, I would be petrified, to be perfectly honest with you, if I was deathly allergic to something. Yeah. Having known what it's like in China, perhaps before, I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought, even given it a thought. But obviously, this person has experienced issues the whole, probably the whole life, I guess, or a large proportion of their life, if they're allergic to both shellfish and nuts. Yeah, it definitely worries me when she says deathly allergic. Yeah, yeah. I'm also it. like, because yeah. allergies in China are like people who are have some, any kind of diet restrictions in China. It's so foreign. Yeah. To them, my husband was a vegetarian for 12 years mm -hmm. before coming to China. Yep. And he realized he just couldn't. Like now, okay, in a city like Shenzhen or Shanghai or whatever, you, you can definitely do it. I it's know. gotten easier. Yeah, sure. it's much yeah. easier. And I mean, if you if you don't mind just eating nuts and fruit all day, then you'll be fine. But if you want to go to any restaurant... Or not nuts, if you're uh, allergic to nuts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the restaurants often you ask them if there's meat in a dish and they say no and then it'll come with little bits of meat in it. Yeah. And they're like, well, that's not, that's just, yeah. you know, that's just for flavoring or something like that. Or right. it's cooked in a lot of Chinese cooking. They use the lard, like the bacon yeah. grease kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So... Or they reuse oil that may have been used to cook meat or fish. Mm-hmm. Or could be peanut oil, and you would never know, because to, to a Chinese person, that's not the same thing as having, I mean, peanuts in a dish is not, peanut oil is not the same thing. Right. And that may, I guess if you've got a peanut allergy, peanut oil is also going to be a big issue. Right. I think it will be very difficult to ensure that if you're eating out, that you're not going to be in contact with the nuts or shellfish. Shellfish, I think, is a little bit easier just because there are quite a few dishes that don't have any kind of seafood yeah, I think in so. them. But even so, like the, for example, like eggplant dish, which is one of my favorites, they have some kind of a fishy fish. fish it's it. like mince. It's it. like mince. Looks like mincemeat, doesn't it? But it's fish in there, isn't it? Mm -hmm. is or there's like a fish-like fragrance yeah, or something. Yeah, definitely. So there's something fishy about it. So like you Could see it fish on oil. the menu. Exactly. I don't. Who knows? Yeah. You see it on the menu. It says like an eggplant dish. Yeah. You ask them, are there totally. nuts or are there seafood in here? They will say no. no. Yeah. But when you get the dish, you'll realize that there's something fishy going yeah, on. Yeah, there definitely <laughs> is. And there, some some of those dishes also come in with those teeny tiny little shrimpies. Yeah. You know, they're, they're kind of cute. Like microscopic shrimp. Yeah, they're like dr almost dried. They use um, it like pepper. Pe just yeah, it's like, like shake it a little bit on. Yeah. Yep. So it'll be very, very difficult. Yeah, well, I, I told you before we came, well, before we were recording about a couple, so when my parents came to China several years ago, we went on this cruise down the Yangtze River, and there was a, an Israeli couple on the cruise with us, and foreigners got, like, their own separate dining area, like, we were segregated from everyone else. <laughs> it was really kind of weird. And we got, obviously, we, we all ended up, like, sitting together and chatting. And I said to them, that they said, oh, we're vegetarians. And I said, like, haven't you had problems 
eating? They were like, no, no. And I, like, Nora and I were talking, and I said, like, I just suspect they didn't realize what they may have been, you know, what they were eating, mm-hmm. or that probably their food had been cooked in oil that had, had cooked, been cooked in meat. I mean, they'd never been to China before, so there was no way that they either knew that or could read enough to, like, just specifically go to a vegetarian restaurant. There are specific vegetarian restaurants, going back to this whole vegetarian, yeah. like, food, let's say food restrictions, restrictions in, in general. general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're vegetarian, you can go to these vegetarian restaurants and they're usually associated with Buddhism. But they don't have the typical things. Like, it's kind of its own thing here. Mm-hmm. In the West, we have restaurants which kind of recreate meat-style dishes. Like, you have, you know, mushroom burgers right. and this kind of vegetarian lasagna. And, like, things like they take dishes which normally would have meat in them and they kind of recreate them. Yeah. But in China, it's kind of a different style. It's very oily from what I've had every vegetarian restaurant I've been to. It's very, very oily. And it's quite expensive. And it's usually very ornate somehow. Mm -hmm. Like it's a special. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's like like a placebo. It's like you, it looks really pretty. Therefore, you think this is going to be tasty. Mm -hmm. Actually, I've been to a decent. vegetarian restaurant before and it was the only thing is is a problem for me because they use a lot of mushrooms right and tofu which is also not your favorite no it's not but i i've I've eaten some quite nice stuff was that at awakenings no no this is another place near the restaurant that we've been to before oh by shangmi yeah it's it's around there i've been a couple of times actually yeah there are definitely some vegetarian restaurants here in shenzhen but again it's different than what you might expect back in the west and also i just want to say tofu in china like in the west i feel like it's kind of a meat substitute mm-hmm. but in china you'll have tofu stuffed with meat yeah or like tofu <laughs> with meat sprinkled on top of it so it's not really meant to be it's its mm-hmm. own kind of protein it's not really meant to be a meat substitute so don't mm. think that if you're ordering a tofu dish that means <laughs> that there's not going to be any meat yeah, inside right. of it yeah that's it tofu and pork is the big thing isn't it yeah yeah, um, so I, as I guess we kind of sort of said at the beginning, allergies and things are not very, they're not as prevalent as, as in the West, really, and especially with peanuts. Peanut allergies are, are not, they, they exist, but they're not very common in China, at least according to the articles that I read, which they were not recent. Some of them were like 2016 or 15, so that's not so recent. Maybe things have changed, but... Can I just say something there, mm, though? Yeah. Because I read that... There's the same amount of people with, like, there's the same percentage of people with allergies in both places, except for, okay, I have this statistic from a Quora answer by Elizabeth Mueller, Mm -hmm. and she said, a recent report from Sweden, okay, so it's not the Mm. U.S., but a Western country, suggests that 90% of kids whose parents declare that they have food allergies weren't actually allergic to any foods. Um, Where is this? In Asia? In Sweden. Oh. Oh, so what? basically what I'm saying is <laughs> the amount of the percentage of people who have allergies seems to be the same. That's that's from a different article that I read. It seems to be the same between right. China and the U.S. Right. But in the U.S., many, many more people right. think that they have allergies uh, when they really don't. Because uh, they right. do, either they self-diagnose themselves with allergies sure. without actually going in to see the doctor, right. or right. they base their allergies off of, just skin and blood tests alone right. and it says these tests have false positives uh-huh. more than half of the time uh-huh. so meaning that they say that you are allergic when you are actually not and, and it says some allergists never ask patients to confirm their allergy with an oral food challenge so many people right. live their lives thinking they have food allergies when <sighs> actually they do not That's and sucks. i'm not 
saying that to suggest that your friend <laughs> doesn't have allergies. Yeah. But I'm saying I think many more people think that they have like in China. Oh, yeah. yeah in China, there's just the percentage is the same, but right. it is a small percentage of people who actually do. Yeah, have these I, I see. What, I, I do see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 There was some stuff like that was saying how because I also found this on Quora that was saying the reason why more people in the U.S. have uh, have more allergies is because the environment's different and because basically our immune systems get reset and stuff which opens us up to more allergies anyway that was a, that's a sidetrack and not really completely relevant and um and i, I got, it got me thinking i wonder if that's the case whether it was to do with because according to this i found the report that you're more likely to develop an allergy if you're introduced but less likely to develop an allergy if you're introduced to the thing before you're 11 months old mm. so i'm wondering because chinese children just eat everything mm -hmm. i don't feel like there's there is no there's no like nervousness about giving children like things peanuts like especially. peanuts especially exactly so i don't know i'm not we're not doctors this is all just a little bit of what i've read a little bit of speculation i guess but according to the 2013 asia pacific allergy report shellfish is one of the most common food allergies in china taiwan and thailand mm -hmm. but i don't know any chinese people with any allergies that they like or that they're open about food allergies specifically i think because that's one you that's more obvious like if you go to dinner with them and they say oh, like, oh i can't have fish or whatever i don't think i've met really any chinese people with any dietary restrictions right right exactly yeah some people react poorly but like i don't think i've met vegetarian chinese people mm -hmm. before i mean i've gone to buddhist restaurants and seen them and seen people who are vegetarian but i think yeah my i don't i can't think of anybody in my circle no i don't friends here that is like has some special dietary restrictions no. like that or even food like where they say like oh i don't eat that like people seem to eat everything mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know yeah i think definitely okay going back to the peanuts thing mm -hmm. that that's true and because doctors used to like people got real scared about peanuts and like the allergens and peanuts yeah. and stuff and they doctors were recommending to hold off on peanuts until the kid was over the age of two and then suddenly right. they saw a gigantic raise in the amount of peanut mm. allergies right interesting so I think that, that there's definitely some logic there. But I think a lot of it is just this scare. It's scared people. For, yeah, uh, yeah, I get like it. They see one little reaction. Like in China, I think if they were to have a peanut allergy, they might have a small reaction, but the, they, the parents probably wouldn't think anything of it and just give them peanuts again and yeah. give them peanuts again and like exposure therapy and they just... Their yeah. body builds yeah, up the immune, yeah. their immune system builds up the whatever it needs to, to deal with it and mm -hmm. then they just... They don't have a problem with it after that. Yeah. I, when I was trying to research for this, uh, most of the articles I found were about American-born Chinese. So they may be sec second generation. And how, the, you know, just what you're saying, like there's this fear that they have more like allergies and stuff like that. And there was a story about this young, maybe he was a teenager, and they were aware that he had an allergy to peanuts and they'd gone for ice cream or something. And um, so he was eating the ice cream and then he, he turned to the to his mother and said something about him having a sore throat. Can you go and get some medicine for me? And unfortunately, he went in, he went into anaphylaxis and <gasps> passed away. Um... And it turned out the ice cream had little teeny bits of peanut in. Um... So that's a sad story, but, they, you know, like this idea of 
panicking and hate but here in china i don't feel like that exists i feel yeah. like that's the western influence that's like making people terrified mm -hmm. well i've had friends growing up who just didn't like to eat a certain food and then they just said like i'm allergic to it <laughs> like one of my friends growing up was always quote-unquote allergic to onions i don't think that's a thing Probably like not. i don't think people i don't think i don't know i guess i have to do some research I, uh, yeah yeah, and she, oh, she was always saying, oh, I can't get onions on. And she just didn't like onions, and she wanted an excuse not to eat them. So I think sometimes kids use it as a, mm -hmm. a reason to avoid certain things that they don't like. Yeah, when I was teaching, I was told by the teachers that there was quite a few kids in my class with mango allergies. Oh, yeah, here I'd, in China. Here in China, yeah. I've never heard of a mango allergy before. Mm, me neither. And I wasn't going to do a test. <laughs> I don't know if this is true or not, but I thought that was quite unusual. Seems uh, very unusual. I don't know. I I wonder if they just told me it was an allergy, but it was more about the Chinese, uh, you know, the hot and cold foods. Mango is a hot. I think it's a hot food, I right? I think so too. So they don't like, you know, it can give you a don't, fever. Don't eat too much mango. So don't it, eat too much lychee. <laughs> right, right. And those, if they can, according to Chinese medicine, they can give you fevers and make you unwell. So that's maybe more connected to that than them having an allergy. But going back to this person who definitely does mm -hmm. have an allergy. Yes. I think especially if you're traveling around, the safest thing is to stick to western chain restaurants. I don't know, yeah. like McDonald's and KFC. I know that's terrible or like make your own food, but I don't know cuz like there's no in in the US, I think they have to put on any packaged product like this product may contain nuts or was produced yep. in a factory that also, right. you know, processes nuts. I've never seen that written on a product no. here. No, and even if it was written on in Chinese, they're not going to be able to read it anyway. Right. So I think it would be really hard. Yeah, I think so too. I'm, I mean, I guess if if even if you could read the menu, like if you used an, an OCR or something to translate the menu, it's not going to give you the details. And although having the, I think Melissa said that he had allergy, like picture cards, translation cards, that might help to a degree, but as we've said, whether if a food is cooked in peanut oil, it's not the same as having peanuts in the dish. Or even if they don't put the peanut oil directly in the dish, like, was that dish just used? Like, yeah, how right. well did they clean it between... It's just... They may just... I wouldn't trust anything that they would say. Mm -hmm. um, if they they say, no, 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 there's no peanuts in this, or no, 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 there's no shellfish in this, I would still be very <laughs> wary about how it was prepared. And like what it was prepared next to, because I've been in plenty of Chinese mm -hmm. kitchens to tell you that they're not always the most yeah, hygienic okay. location. I mean, everything's kind of close together and not necessarily super sterile. So yeah. I think it would be really hard not to come in contact with those things which are so commonly eaten. Definitely. Here. I, I just remembered um, going to a there's a fish rest restaurant just near. Uh, where I live and we'd never been before and so when my in-laws were here my father-in-law has an allergy to I think it may be specifically snow crab I'm not sure if that's if that's true right or not so we went to the fish restaurant and we you know we were trying to order and so everything we had to ask like does this have crab in it does this have crab in it and they would be like no and and we would say like are you sure please <laughs> please go and find out and in the end Barrett my husband said he could die if he eats crab <laughs> like find out and they were like oh okay okay and they, the young waitress got the manager and the manager manager came over and he was like more helpful i think yeah i think they need to understand the seriousness of that's the it. situation just otherwise saying allergy like, no, doesn't no, mean no, there's anything there's nothing in there now yeah yeah that's it that's it i so i i found um this is really quite interesting i found a blog called food allergies rock oh yeah and it's so it's written by a guy called 
Kyle. And um, so he came to China, and this this is his, some of his story. So I'm going to read it as, as he wrote it. Um, when my wife and I decided that we would go to China, the main focus soon turned to making a plan to eat safely there for three weeks. We knew it would not be easy for either of us. She has celiac disease and was primarily concerned with soy sauce, as we heard it was used in so many dishes. I am allergic to peanuts, tree nuts, eggs, fish, shellfish and mustard. Oh no. Yeah, not an easy list to manage at home, let alone in China. Yeah, so true. Along with purchasing some health insurance, our pre-trip planning included buying a full suitcase full of safe food, and there's a picture, and it, it's it's mental. They've just got a whole suitcase of food, and printing allergy translation cards that featured all of our allergies in simplified Chinese. We had low expectations of finding many safe options at restaurants, so we're prepared to eat out of our suitcase for three weeks, <laughs> as a worst-case scenario. Arriving in China was surreal. We'd never felt so foreign, which was intimidating yet exciting. On our first day, we discovered a Walmart and had our first Chinese shopping experience. We did not know what many of the items were, as there was no English, even the pictures of things we'd never seen before. So we went through the grocery section and bought milk, a bag of rice, and some imported pasta sauce with the gluten-egg-free pasta we brought from home. (laughs) Oh, no. We bought a hot plate, and they've actually got pictures of them using the hot plate in the hotel room um, <laughs> that they said was worth every penny. So this is a, a breakdown of their dining in, in their hotel room. So a typical day <laughs> included three meals. Breakfast, cornflakes, from home, with milk, bread and jam. Lunch, rice, with gluten-free soy sauce, from home. Dinner, pasta, risotto, chili or soup. So this is their experiences of eating out. Uh, we ate out at restaurants on four occasions, twice at the same place, which was a nice little spot tucked away in a busy marketplace. We noticed they had an English menu, which was pretty rare in our city. It had pizza on the menu as well as some salads that seemed okay. We pointed to the items we wanted on the menu and handed over our allergy translation cards. They read them and understood our tra- restrictions or so you think, <laughs> and told us it would be okay. And they'd gone back again. And then they found, uh, we found a Texas bar and grill in our island, and they seemed it seemed too good to be true. They even played country music. <laughs> the owner was American and helped ensure our meals would be safe. That's the key there. The yes, owner was yeah. an American guy. Anyway, I mean, that's just some bits that I thought were quite relevant and, <laughs> and a very interesting, like... That's a good plan of action, I mean... They were prepared, and they obviously came back all well. They must have also had... You must have to... If you're you're so allergic, you must need to take, like, EpiPens or whatever with you. I mean, that's got to be the only solution in this situation. Mm -hmm. Make sure sure you're you're with somebody who knows how to use it and maybe print the usage, like, how to use it in Chinese... Yeah, so if you need to uh, get someone to stick you like with it, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen one here either. I'm sh- I mean, they must exist if there are some they other must do. Yeah, people with allergies here. But Oh, man, not an easy thing to handle when you're in a country that's already not super easy for foreigners. Yikes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Well, good luck. I hope you do enjoy and oh, find have some enjoyed. things you can eat. <laughs> yeah, if you have maybe you're back already that would be really cool if you could share your experiences with us yeah yeah, yeah so absolutely. go to writtenchinese.com slash episode 109 mm-hmm. and tell us all about it or if any of you out there have been to china and also have food allergies or restrictions would be cool to yeah, hear very your experiences yeah uh talking of food um We've got our new snack series going on in YouTube um, or on Facebook. You can you can take a look at those to see Nora and I chow down on some Chinese snacks. The that latest you may not one. Have seen. <laughs> yeah, the latest one was pretty brutal. 
It was a part of an what animal which we're not used to eating. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yep. that, that's not, that will be out maybe in April, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tune in for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird and wonderful snacks <laughs> from China. And yeah, I just want to also mention that uh, the Two Eye Chicks podcast is sponsored by Written Chinese, that we mention that quite frequently, which is our dictionary. So if you are traveling in China or if you're studying China, you can use, you can use the dictionary to communicate or to um, learn to write Chinese characters. Just download it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go to Go Written Chinese. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you want to leave us a, your own question, um, you can go to writtenchinese.com slash voicemail and you can leave us a, an actual voice mail, <laughs> voice question. Or if you want, you can just leave us a written question, just like Melissa did. Mm-hmm. Anywhere, Facebook, Written Chinese, wherever you can find us. That's right. So let me just leave you with a Chinese word Ooh, of the I'm day. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Yes. Jumped the gun a bit. Sorry. So allergy in Chinese is guomin, mm. so that's... Fourth tone, G-U-O, guo, min. Min is M-I-N, and it's the third tone. So that means allergy. And if you want to say you are allergic to something, hmm. you say, wo dui, something, something, guo, min. So I, dui means yes, and it also means facing. So it's like towards, I, towards, peanuts, allergy. Makes sense. Makes <laughs> yeah. sense. Yeah. Wo dui, yeah, great. So yeah. I will link to, um, I'll I'll do both. I'll do the word and the phrase so that you can see that in the dictionary. Cool. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye.